Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Why, hello there. Uh, News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. It's Friday, man. And I'm Sean. I'm your weird Uncle Sean. The phone lines are open 210-599-5555. Uh, I'm still uh, just slightly boogery, so if my voice still sounds a little weird. I'm on the on the tail end of this cold thing. Unfortunately, I have infected my wife. My wife has been lying in bed surrounded by bits of balled-up mucusy Kleenex for the past 48 hours, and I did that to her, but I'm feeling better. So uh, I, I'll be uh, probably back in studio on Monday. Um, but it is Friday, and I feel like screwing off, to be honest with you. I mean, we'll, we'll hit the big, chunky stories as we go along here. But uh, there's a lot of stupid crap that I want to make my way through. First and foremost, this is going to sound really horrible, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, the shooting on the set of Rust will ultimately make Rust a lot of money. Um, I don't know. It's not a big story. It's not, a, it's not something that, you know, when the world is going to hell that we're all sitting around thinking about. But I, I do want to give some thoughts real quickly because it is reflective of who we are as a culture right now, this whole Rust thing with Alec Baldwin. Char- I mean, again, if you for any reason think that people like Alec Baldwin and Hunter Biden do not live in some other alternate, al- alternative universe from you and I, Okay, what we've learned over the past week about both of those dudes should, uh, uh, you know, convince you that they live in a diff- on a different planet than you and I. Okay, if you and I were uh, had done ex- made all the same choices that Alec Baldwin made, not only on that day of shooting, but since then, you and I would be in jail. If you and I had made all the same choices and business deals and and lied as much, allegedly, (laughs) lied as much as a piece of crap like Hunter Biden, we'd also be in jail. But you know what? Guys like that stay out of jail because people make money. (laughs) People, People around them make money off their skeezy deals and their skeezy personalities, and it's politics as well. Got to protect the ruling class, baby. Alec Baldwin had all charges. that They're all going to be dropped. I don't know if it's actually happened or if it's going to happen, but all charges are going to be dropped against Alec Baldwin, even though he shot and killed that woman. And, and I was slow to that party. I, I, I was giving him the benefit of the doubt in the very early days. But I got over that, and I took in new information and changed my opinion. Uh, and, and in fact, uh, the, uh, Helena, uh, Helena, the, 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 uh, cinematographer's husband is now going to be the executive producer, I believe of the production and they're going to finish the gig. They're going to finish the, uh, the shoot. I think they're already on set. Awkward. You know, I don't know if the same directors, I, I don't know. I don't know. I've looked that deeply into it to know if the same, the entire film crew is, is going to be back, you know, or who's replaced or what. I would go with a different armorer. That's just me. But you know what? When you really think about it, and this is America, this is where we are culturally in the year 2023. Here's what Rust was. Rust was a pet project of Alec Baldwin. Rust was an extremely low-budget movie that nobody really wanted to invest in. Rust was a pet project of a guy who's never really done a Western and I guess wanted to do one. It was either his pet project to put his ass in a Western for the first and only time in his silly career, or it was purely an acting piece that he felt maybe he could win an Oscar with. In any event, prior to the shooting, okay, uh, Rust was not a movie that you and I more than likely would have seen. It would have come and gone. If it was arty enough, maybe it would have won a few awards. Maybe it would have gotten some Oscars. I don't know. Some of the best movies of this past year that won Oscars were all art house movies with low budgets that very few people saw. Point being, Rust probably would have just come and gone and eh. <laughs> But you know what? There's probably a lot of people out there right now since the production is is resuming who are saying, 
Well, I'm not going to watch that. I hate Alec Baldwin. He's a liberal puke, and I'm not going to watch his movie. Bullcrap. You know what? That movie's going to make a ton of money when they release it. You know why? Because people are sick, and they're going to want to watch it because <laughs> they're going to want to see, oh, there's the footage before that girl got shot, and now here's the footage after. Wow. It'll it, Out of sick fascination, I'm telling you, that movie, that little Western, that little crummy, independent, low-budget Western is going to make a crap load of money, whether it's a good movie or not. <laughs> How's that make you feel? So there's, but you know what? That that's kind of uh, uh, where we are as a society. You know, sick fascination, rubbernecking in a sense will make that a very popular movie because that's who we are right now. When we see crime on the streets, when we see somebody getting attacked, nobody intervenes. We record it on our phones so that we can then post it on social media and get all kinds of likes and go viral. We're a rubbernecking society at this point. We have become our own entertainment. So anyway, there, there's my uh, the, the, my update on the on the Rust thing. Uh, I, do you think it's sick that they're going to continue on with the movie, or do you think it's a great testament to uh, uh, this woman who lost her life uh, on the set? Uh, is it uh, uh, serving her memory or her legacy in a sense to finish the gig? Which you know what, to a certain extent, it is. I get that. But, uh, again, it's also going to make a crap load of money because a lot of people are going to watch it because the cinematographer was shot on set and lost her life. And that's America. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. Coming up, we'll discuss hairy armpits on women. And what the communists have to do with this uh, uh, phone line. But beyond that, we're playing fast and loose. So whatever. It's a communist plot, these women with their hairy armpits. Uh, phone lines are open, 210-599-5555. Here, let's talk to Chuck. Chuck, how you doing, man? Hey, Sean. Uh, thanks hey. for letting me think about that over the weekend, these hairy pits. Um, have, you thought about doing, have you thought about doing another poetry night to lighten things up and get some joy into the world? I, I have, you know. I mean, we haven't done a Alamo Lounge thing in a while, and I think we would be able because we've done some stuff after the COVID. I, I'd love to do that. I haven't done it in a while. I got a bunch of poetry friends uh, in town that I only really interact with online, so it'd be great to see some of those guys and uh, and ladies. And and uh, I'd love to. Were you? Did you ever go to one of the old ones? Yeah, I went to a couple of them. I was like your Christian poet. Oh yeah, okay. I remember you. <laughs> How you doing, man? <laughs> I try to watch yeah, it on Facebook, but you can't take any more friends, so I just catch as much as I can. Oh well, I, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll dump somebody who's not cool and put you in there. So just <laughs> I'll free up some slots for you. Right? I got a couple of communists on my friend list that I can cut loose. I, you know, the poetry nights were a lot of fun. <laughs> we we really actually and and you know. The, the, people don't realize this, maybe in general, but we have a thriving poetry community in San Antonio. Um, there's a lot of really decent poets in this town. Uh, Anthony Flores is one. Uh, 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 Eddie Vega is another one. A couple of guys that I know, and we we have a great poet laureate now, and and we're a town that has a poet laureate. You know, the fact that we actually have a poet laureate is great. I don't, because of my schedule, I don't really, like I said, I don't get, get to participate much, but there's a lot of open mics and a lot of poetry stuff going on in this town. And so I uh, I started doing stuff in the Alamo Lounge a few years ago because, uh, you know, we have this theater. So I, instead of me going to them, it's like, well, I'll bring them to me. And so maybe we'll, we'll do that again and uh, get one of those going. That'd be a lot of fun. i got a whole bunch of crap I've written, like this new stuff, you know. So that'd be fun. If, you, if, you'd be, uh, if you think that'd be a great idea, I'll do it. I think you get a tremendous response. It's been so long. Yeah, it has. And and also I can cuss on poetry nights, so that's always cool too. <laughs> they let me they let me cuss on poetry nights. <laughs> well I hope you feel wow. better, Sean. Have a good weekend. Thank you, Chuck. I appreciate that. And uh, uh, I, I got some books on Amazon if anybody's interested. The one I put out a few months ago is the one I'm kind of really, really happy with. 
and it's a volume of uh, half new stuff that I've written since my time in the hospital and half old stuff, which we call selected poems because we selected them from some other works. And it's called The Existential Slap, Selected Poems and Crap by Me. It's got some short fiction in there and other stuff, some photography. Uh, and that's on Amazon, The Existential Slap, if you want to pick a copy of that up. And I'll love you forever if you do. And right now, then we'll talk about some crap. Right right now, I'm doing a haiku book uh, called Haiku You. And if you know about haiku, it's th- it's three lines. Now, they break it down syllabically, <laughs> where it's five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. I kind of bend the rules on that here and there if the poem needs it. But... The problem with writing haiku, guys, is that it takes for freaking ever to put a book together of haiku. I've written about 150 haiku in the past few over the past few months. I got about a 40-page book right now because the poems are so stinking small. Okay, I don't even have enough together to get a bind a binding on on my book yet. <laughs> so the book's going to take me forever to write because haiku are so stinking short and small. Takes you a long damn time to stack up enough to uh, fill a book, but I'm working on it, man. And I'm artsy fartsy, and uh, doing most of the photography myself on this one. It's also got some paintings and some drawings. I'm just really having an art out, if that makes sense, with the new book. But you know what? Art will save your ass. Art will making art will save your ass. I don't care if you're great at it or you suck at it. Okay. Whether it's music or writing or painting or photography or acting or any of it, whatever it is for you. Because you know what? We talk a lot about this AI stuff. And certainly AI can make art. And you know what? It could probably write better poetry than I can at this point. I don't know. It takes great photography, makes great paintings. Someday it'll make great movies and produce great actors. None of it actually exists. Okay, you take the human factor out of the creation of art and you no longer have art. Art requires the human factor. And when I say that art will save your ass, what I mean is if you have some issue in your life, okay, some hardship, maybe you just got some unresolved bit of grief or some unresolved bit of sadness inside of you or guilt or whatever it may be, whatever it is you're dealing with, there are two things you can do, in my opinion, that will help you and ease your trouble and pain. The first is to pray, and the second is to make art. And again, whether anybody sees it or or not doesn't take away from its value to you. I, I can honestly tell you that those two things over the course of my life in the past five years have royally sucked. Prayer and art have saved my ass. And the reason I'm not crazy right now or completely dysfunctional is because of prayer and art. Absolutely. Now, in saying that, those are my individual things that I do for myself to keep myself sane. Obviously, the real reason I'm here and I'm sane is because of my family and my wife and my kids and my friends. But prayer and art <laughs> help out a, a blank of a lot, seriously. And you know what? AI is, those are the two things, if you think about it. The two things that artificial intelligence will be able to mimic and imitate but never accomplish on its own, actually, will be prayer and art. It'll be able to pretend to pray, but it's a toaster oven. What's it praying to? The god of toaster ovens? The god of appliances? What's it going to make art for? You know, does AI suffer any slings and arrows? Does artificial intelligence go through a bad year? You know, no. So prayer and art will save your ass. 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. And thanks to Chuck for encouraging me to do another poetry night because I think I'll talk to the bosses next week. That would be fun, man. It's been a long time. Get together and read some of our poems. We usually do an open mic. I, I go, What I do is I go out and I read a few poems and you guys take over. So I'll see if I can work something like that out. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. 
info at your beck and call. The stunning developments. Stay tuned for updates. Just tell your smart device to play KTSA. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. I want to talk about something very, very serious and very important coming up next. But just uh, to put a bow on the package of that. Last conversation about doing a poetry night here in the Alamo Lounge. Send me a message if you think that would be a great idea, if this is something that you'd like to do again. Uh, I used to do it a few years ago before COVID. We read some poems. It's cool. Uh, so let me know. Also, just uh, I, I'm reading a book by, I said we're a, a city with a poet laureate. One of our former poet laureates is someone named Laurie Ann Gallero. Am I saying that correctly, uh, James? I think I am. Gallero? And uh, I, I'm actually reading her book, A Tongue in the Mouth of the Dying, and I, it's 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 amazing. It's some of the best poetry I've ever read. It's badass because San Antonio is badass. We produce badass poets. So more on the, uh, the whole idea of doing another poetry night in the Alamo Lounge uh, coming up. But here's something very important, and I want to bring in James and Don if you guys are available on this one because it's a very important question that every man and every woman has to ask themselves. You have to ask yourself this question. Okay. Good Lord. There is absolutely nothing attractive about women with hairy armpits. Women should not have hairy armpits. It's not attractive. It's icky. All men believe that women with hairy armpits is icky. Okay? Uh, Some men pretend to like it so they don't get yelled at. Okay? I'm just by their high-maintenance, liberal, (laughs) Democrat, voting, hairy-armpitted, hippie girlfriends. Okay? But all of us secretly know that seeing a woman with hairy armpits is just kind of like, ugh. Yeah? You agree or disagree? Yes. I, it, it's not as attractive. But if it's you're, not attractive. But if you're lonely, you'll tolerate it. <laughs> if you're lonely, okay, if you're lonely, a throw rug can be attractive, okay? Well, I'm you, just you have to look at it this way. <laughs> if, if, if all else fails, at least the two of you would have that in common. Right. You know? Hairy armpits are gross on women. So you okay, can I'm, go just, with I'm that. taking a stand for women. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm a true feminist, okay? Right. I believe in womanly, womanly women. Okay, <laughs> if that makes sense. All right, and and I know it's patriarchy. I don't care. I don't want women with. I don't like women with hairy armpits. Well, I think it's know, icky. It's some. It's some I'm not married to some chick from Austin. In what? some cultures, it's totally appropriate and acceptable. Well, they're wrong. They're just <laughs> wrong, Don. That's why they're primitives. Okay? Oh, okay. I'm just no, saying. They're that's why. Right. Or they're Sikhs. You know, if you're an Indian and you're Sikh, Indian. those people don't believe in anybody oh cutting their God. hair for any reason. In college, uh, her name was Kika, and she was from Guatemala. That was my yes. first uh, hairy armpit. Hairy armpitted uh, encounter, yes. And hairy legs. Oh, no. It was oh, the 90s. God. It was the oh. 90s, man. I had to do it. Hairy legs. No, no, no. No, but only none of the, a dude should have hairy legs. None of the great sculptors of our time had women with hairy armpits. They didn't. Why is that? Because it's icky. Okay, <laughs> that's why, all right? Because it's icky. Now, I, I bring this up. There is a news story that I'm attaching this to, Rachel McAdams. I don't know much about her. Wasn't she in that really crummy Superman movie that came out 100 years ago? Where she played, was yeah. that her? She played Lois Lane, and she looked like she was twelve, and it was really kind of weird. Well, she she's out there, and she's oh. she's she had a kid. No, Rachel McAdams is from The Notebook. Oh, The Notebook. The Notebook oh. and Mean she's, Girls. What a she's depressing also, movie that was. She's yes. from Canada. That explains everything. Oh well, they're all hairy up there, hairy with freckles. <laughs> well, I, I can so, tell you, I can tell you, you're wrong. But <laughs> well. <laughs> Don't tell me nothing. My daughter was conceived in Canada, okay? <laughs> what I, she's technically an illegal alien. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I bring it up because Rachel McAdams has, you know, first off, she had a baby, and being a good little liberal chick, you know, having a baby is, is just horrible to liberal women. She said she felt like a milking machine. And so she wanted to she wanted to be woman she wanted to express her inner beauty again and that involves showing everybody your hairy ass armpits. She did a photo shoot with her hairy ass armpits hanging out. And I, I don't care if you think I'm a toxic, misogynist pig, I think women with hairy armpits is gross. Ladies, shave your armpits for your man. 
Okay, that is biblical. I, it, it might be. I don't know. But I, it's gross. I don't want to see it. W- women should not be hairy. Men should be hairy. Women should not be hairy. Okay? We got a, hair, a lot of hairy chicks walking around these days. And I think the communists are involved. I just, you know, I don't. No. There's nothing attractive about that. And men who, men who are with women, you, I, you guys are obviously enthralled by what I'm saying. Okay? <laughs> men who say, who are hooked up with high-maintenance, liberal women, yes, I said it, with hairy armpits because they have a point to prove, only say they think that's beautiful because they don't want to get either berated, emasculated, or yelled at by their women, by their sasquatchy, hairy-legged, hairy-armpitted women. All right, how does that make you feel? Well, even the okay. transgendered swimmer shaves his armpits. Yes, right. even fake women shave their <laughs> armpits, okay? It's an issue of aerodynamics. Well, it slows you down yeah. in more ways than one. <laughs> and I'm just telling you. <laughs> oh, women, God. Ladies. Why are you so wrapped up in this? Because what it's happened? gross, and I hate when people <laughs> celebrate hairy armpits on chicks. It just, it's, you know, I don't have, you know what it is? It's like that, my wife and I hate that commercial with the little girl who's got the mustache and the buck teeth. Have oh, you seen that commercial? That dances the... Uh, and, oh, I'm so ugly. Yeah, I you know, Mercury but I can... Right. But, you know, I'm going to celebrate my stinking mustache by dancing like a jerk through my biology class, you know? And, and, and here's what I say to her. Get some tweezers. Okay, that's all. There, there you go. Get some tweezers. That's why God created tweezers is for your little mustache action going there, okay? Right. Because chicks also shouldn't have mustaches. How does that make you feel? Okay, this is exactly who I am. All right? The hairy armpits are not attractive, and men who tell you it is are lying to you. (laughs) I just want to get that off my chest, okay? If Ryan Gosling calls up uh, Rachel McAdams and says, hey, I saw your your photo shoot and your hairy armpits look great, Ryan Gosling will be lying, okay? And that's not in the notebook. There you go. (laughs) Two and zero. (laughs) You guys are shockingly silent on this. Are you just not wanting to participate? Are you afraid of attaching yourselves? Well, to my no, no, not at all. I'm, dr- I'm trying to to see how I can relate to all of this. Why? You know, maybe you like you know, chicks for- with hairy armpits. Well, you know, there are worse things. <laughs> well, there are things yes. that are worse that I can. The think odd of. prehensile tail, might yeah, be worse. you know, something right. like that. Or if they, you know, if they if they open their mouth and they sound like Fran Drescher, now we've got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, you know, it, hey. It, no, wait, no. Here's what's absolutely worse. Here, here is the worst. Okay, a chick with a voice like Fran Drescher, who has hairy armpits. <laughs> That's just asking way right. too much of anybody. Because the, you know, the thing with Fran Drescher is, you, you see her and like, wow, she's beautiful, and then she starts. And she talking. opens the mouth, right. then she starts talking, and, and she has interesting things to say. Right. But it's just her voice is kind of shrill. Again, it goes back to how lonely are you? Right. <laughs> well, apparently I'm not lonely at all. Okay. I <laughs> you, think talk, chicks, you were this close. I to, think chicks with hairy armpits are gross. So ordering a Russian mail order bride about ten years ago, and you're that gonna... was different. <laughs> that do you think I would have gone over to Siberia if she, if she had hairy armpits? No, I wouldn't have. Okay, if I'd have gotten over to Siberia and found that the woman I had been emailing for six months with a very sexy accent was Sasquatch under the armpits, okay? Right. If she's doing Rasputin, okay, just below the neck there, no. I'd have said, I want my money back. I'd have backed out of the deal. You know, Rami, you're a a very shallow human being. I am. And I tell you what, hairy armpits are gross. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really, really deep on some stuff and incredibly primitive and shallow on other things. Okay, I'm I'm a mixed bag of nuts. You're a swimming pool. No, he's I'm a, a he's waiting a, pool. He's a public swimming pool, <laughs> is what he is. I'm a public You don't know pool. what the hell's in there. <laughs> and every now and again, when you're swimming along in my pool, you hit a warm patch. Yep. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. In case you, you hadn't noticed, it's Friday. What the hell is wrong with you? God we'll Almighty. Take- <laughs> 
Oh, God. <laughs> we have another hour to go. You had to think about that one for a minute, oh, okay. didn't you? All right. Oh, it's, God. We'll take a break. It's Sean on New Stock 550 KTSA. In the morning time makes me think about different things going on in the world. Just what you need to start your day. I listen every morning from the time I get up. I get up early, early in the morning. Get your day going. A little help from your friends. Can't beat it on the way to work. On 550 KTSA and FM 1071. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 71. Talking about chicks with hairy armpits. Freddie, I'm sorry. I'm actually a huge Queen fan. Uh, News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. Talking about music here, I, I keep seeing this. I know AI is playing a big part on the show today, but it's a big topic of topic of conversation uh, around the world. And, uh, you know, we had Elon riffing on it with Tucker uh, the other night, and so we're all kind of thinking about it. And plus these programs, I guess, are showing up now. Trey said he had, uh, you know, one of these AI programs sent to him on, was it Snapchat? Yes. And then somebody else, uh, while we were doing the segment, said that, you know, she was on Snapchat, I think, and it, somebody sent, it, it, it's like they heard us talking and sent this sent somebody okay. else uh, an AI program. What we're seeing now at this early juncture, though, it, it's a story where they have songs by, uh, I, and I'm not very hip, but it's Drake and The Weeknd, and a song has been circulating that's supposedly a matchup with those two, and it's completely contrived. It's 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 artificial intelligence. Kanye songs. I just saw a piece on Fox News where they're talking about there's a a Kanye song out there. I guess it's not actually it's not actually him, and he didn't actually do it. You know, and I and Trey and I were talking about this and and on Where and Rima and you know I kind of dug my heels in and I was trying to make a point. Uh, he and I are in total agreement about this stuff. But for me, you know, it, it's AI's coming your way. Wh- whether you want it or not, whether you want it in your world or not, it's it's coming your way, whether it's social media or just how you find information on your phone or online. You're not going to be able to avoid it, really, at some point, and prob- probably some point fairly soon. I think the architects and the engineers and designers of AI – know that they kind of like the uh the Biden administration right or or the or the uh the uh extreme radical leftist agenda in this country right now they 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 all know they have this window of opportunity the folks who want to make a crap load of money off of AI and and use it as a way to guide public discussion and and politics and stuff like that dictate human events okay they know they have a window of opportunity when they can unload this stuff or unleash this stuff on the world before the world starts wanting to regulate it and reel it in they know they have the the freedom right now to just send it out there and they're going to do it and they are doing it and i said earlier i said you know you you really before this stuff really becomes a major part of your life whether you want it to be or not you really have to decide who you're going to be in relationship to that ai what are you going to be cool with what are you not going to be cool with for me i don't want anything to do with it i want as little to do with it as possible the problem is and then we talked about social media versus ai and you know i was making the argument that social media at least still has some human element to it but Trey brought up a very good point. What happens when you can't tell anymore? What happens when someone you're inter- interacting with, you honestly can't tell if they're a real human being or not? Right now, we have fake websites. We have fake profiles. But what about actually interacting with someone over a number of years, developing a relationship with them online only to discover one day they never were there. They, they they don't exist. I think that's the danger zone. I think that once we get to that point where we really can't discern what's real and what's not, who's real and who's not, conceivably, you could vote for a president someday who doesn't freaking exist. Now, we sort of have a president right now who doesn't freaking exist, but technically he does. He He walks the terra. He's biological. But conceivably, AI could create a candidate uh, for for the uh, highest office in the land, arguably 
the most powerful person on planet Earth, and that person may not even exist. I mean, it's scary stuff. And I, I'm, I'm. This is what my opinion is right now. I think it's all bad. I don't see any good to this AI stuff at all. Uh, I may be proven wrong in that. I don't know, but that's kind of where I am right now. We got a whole nother hour, so you can tell me what you think. We're doing free forms, so whatever's on your brain, you want to call me up two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. We'll take a break at Sean on News Talk five fifty KTSA. Sean Rima nine till eleven. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Why, hello there. Uh, it's hour number two of the Sean Show uh, on a Friday, so we're playing it kind of fast and loose, whatever's on your brain. The phone lines are open, 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Well, we got a couple of interesting things that are going on uh, in regards to how freaking corrupt our current government is. And uh, I want to focus on some of that stuff just to kind of get that, get it out there in your heads. It, it, most of you are already following this stuff, so you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but right off the bat, first we have uh, this whistleblower inside the IRS. And his, uh, his lawyer, Mark Little, was all over Fox News last night, or yesterday. He was actually on with uh, Brett Baer in the late afternoon. And what we have here with the whistleblower is a guy, uh, or we think it's a guy, somebody who is a a higher up in the IRS. He'd been there about 10 years. I I believe he was a special agent of some kind. And uh, was there when the federal government was looking into Hunter Biden. And taxes, tax returns, business dealings. Uh, you know, stuff on the laptop and what have you. And although his lawyer, Mark Little, again, does has no doesn't know any he, this this whistleblower is not told told is not legally able to tell his own lawyer uh, what he knows. But he says, I have specifics. I have documentation that the Hunter Biden investigation not only did not follow normal investigative procedure, in other words, if you want to find the truth of a thing, according to this whistleblower, you do certain things. You follow certain steps. It would be the same thing if you're law enforcement uh, and you're you're investigating a homicide or a crime. There are certain things you do to get to the truth of it, and this whistleblower is saying that didn't happen when uh, the IRS was looking into Hunter Biden. Uh, the whistleblower claims politics were involved, uh, special treatment was involved, and again, he has documentation. Uh, the next step, and, and Trad pointed this out on Where and Rima, that uh, uh, you basically have to get congressional approval because this person cannot even tell his own lawyer what he knows. Uh, it's not legal. And, and in fact, Hunter Biden's lawyer, I think, uh, put out there that this person should be arrested already or, or should face some consequences for breaking the law and divulging stuff about an ongoing investigation. Well, he hasn't done that. Or her, this person has not done that. This person's own lawyer doesn't know what he knows. But uh, this will end up before a committee in, in more than likely the House, I imagine, and uh, they'll get congressional approval for this person to first tell his lawyer what he knows and what the documentation is and then present it i would imagine to congress they've had closed door interviews i think with this person already i'm not sure but in other words the allegation and i know you're not shocked by this is that a skis like hunter biden and if it's got a biden at the end of its name it's a skis uh, is being protected. Uh, we and, and Hunter's always been protected. His old man boasted about it on camera when he was freaking vice president in regards to Ukraine. Shut down an investigation. So if if his old man as vice president would shut down an investigation being conducted by a foreign government, which was re- receiving aid from us at the time and used the aid as blackmail, the hell do you think he's going to do as president of course he's being shielded 
because the other uh, uh, political story that we're following is this business about Anthony Blinken, who is now the freaking Secretary of State, the voice and and face of this country, of American policy around the world. That's who Anthony Blinken is. And we're finding out now that, the, remember this letter that came out from all kinds of uh, former, I guess, CIA operatives and folks within the intelligence community who signed off in a letter early on in the last election season uh, during the presidential campaign, Trump versus Biden. Uh, a bunch of intelligence guys supposedly signed off in a letter saying that all of the stuff about the uh, the Biden laptop was Russian-based. Uh, it was Russian uh, interference. They tried to hang this around Trump's head. Biden famously did in one of their debates. We find out that the reason that letter came into existence, allegedly, is because then-campaign advisor Anthony Blinken uh, uh, made some phone calls uh, about uh, this laptop and about the idea that it was uh, somehow contrived by the Russians. Biden used that Russian collusion stuff uh, on the campaign trail, and some folks believe that it hurt Trump. I'm sure it did. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. I think they cheated the whole damn thing, so I don't really think it matters what helped or or hindered Donald Trump in that particular campaign. But, you know, uh, at the time, Anthony Blinken, as I heard on Fox last night, was getting paid $100,000 a year by the Biden people. Uh, There's uh, transcripts of of, uh, discussions between... Anthony Blinken and this person he called, uh, where the you know they're asking the person in a private interview, did was this letter going to come into existence without Anthony Blinken calling you? And he's like, no, he was the inspiration for the letter. So, allegation being, uh, the Biden administration, uh, you know, uh, it prompted this whole explanation about the laptop and Hunter's taxes and all this stuff as being a part of some Russian disinformation campaign, and it was all bullcrap. And the guy who made the phone call to start that process is now your Secretary of State. <laughs> it's great, huh? How, how all the wagons kind of make the same circles around the same people. Now, I'm breaking it down in a, in a very primitive way, but that's the nuts and the bolts of, of these two stories. The essence of it is what? That we have possibly the most corrupt political organization in power right now that this country has ever seen. Okay? It makes Watergate look like a kid's birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese's. I mean, we're talking weaponization of entire agencies... We're talking about breaking federal law in in what you prosecute and what you don't prosecute, depending on what helps a specific campaign. Political opponents being uh, attacked, uh, lives ruined, incarcerated sometimes. I mean, it's you've got corruption at pretty much every freaking level right now. And if you're if you don't believe that, you're not paying attention. If you don't believe that this is the most corrupt bunch of weirdos this country has ever seen and is creating, uh, wreaking more havoc on what this country is and whether or not this country will even survive. If you're not seeing that, it's because you vote Democrat and you're a freaking moron. And you're willfully turning away from the truth of it. Uh, They are, baby, they're a bunch of scumbags. These are some shady-ass people. And uh, and and I unfortunately I I I don't think anything's going to happen to any of them. But we definitely need a shift in power, and I think more people are waking up to this stuff. I don't know. What do you think? Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Also, if you have any opinions on whether or not women should shave their armpits. The armpit shaving hotline is still open, and you're free to uh, call up and voice your opinions on that. Uh, other than uh, this, we'll talk about some other things as we go through the next hour. I'm, I'm glad to be on the air. Last night, I don't know if you were listening, I, I sat in for Riccardi last night. And for the first time since uh, the great blizzard, what year was that? Was that 20, 
19 or 2020 when we had that freakish blizzard? I don't remember now. I've lost track. Uh, the past few years are just a, a stinking blur. But uh, famously during that time. Was 21? Yeah. Because famously during that time, the power went out, and Trey and I had to do all of Ware and Rima. We had to do our respective gigs on our phones. Remember that? Yeah. Last night, I ended up doing the, the last 20 minutes of Riccardi's show on my phone. Because I'm at home, and I'm doing the show, because of this cold stuff, I'm at home doing the show, and that storm rolled in. And on the northwest side last night, we're kind of on the front end of that when it comes down off the hill country. And so I'm on the air, man, and uh, doing the show, and all of a sudden the sky went perfectly black. I mean, it was like the sun just went down. And the wind started, the rain, the hail, and the thunder, and it knocked my power out. Uh, and so I went I went on my phone and finished out the gig, and it was kind of like man-on-the-street type reporting. It was kind of cool, dude, because I didn't have to leave my house. <laughs> but it it was some nasty weather that rolled through uh, last night. Yeah, it was rough. It was. I don't. What you guys? Did you guys get anything where you are? Or? No. Not it rained, and there was some thunder and lightning, but it yeah, wasn't but anything. Nothing severe. You guys are down there, Cibolo shirts, that area. Right. Yeah. Because it it was it it kicked our asses here for about thirty minutes. Oh wow! Uh, and then it moved on. Uh, it, it, about thirty minutes, we had some pretty heavy rain. The hail never really got beyond, I would say, pea size. That sounds dirty, but I think you know what I'm talking about. No, and, Sean, uh, we don't know what you're talking about. Why don't you elaborate? Describe the vegetable you're yeah. discussing. Sir. Right. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. Okay. So little, <laughs> little tiny. <laughs> Little tiny pea-sized, yeah, she said that. wasabi pea-sized yeah. uh, uh, ale. Don, you and I are on the same page. What are you guys talking about? Nothing, Sean. Anyway. Keep describing the vegetable-sized hail. I'm just saying the hail wasn't the most manly uh, of hail. <laughs> the hail had a low tea count, and uh, it was just minuscule, minuscule pea-sized hail. It was baby But corn. I guess like at Alamo Ranch, I got some more. They got some bigger hail. I don't know. I had some folks messaging me. Yeah, over on your, like the northwest side, up in right. that area, you got some, some pretty severe weather. Well, a, lot of, a lot of people in that area still on, without power this morning. Are they really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Because, yeah, uh, again, power our power kind of, yeah, what's that? Like Lotus, that area, a lot of people uh-huh. were without power last night and, and into this morning. So, Wow, I didn't yeah. know that that many people that stayed off. Because, like I said, ours went off for about five minutes and it came back on. Right, but I saw Bill Taylor, and he was talking about how they had uh, a, a lot of people without power, and I was kind of shocked by that. But yep. anyway, I'm, so I'm not doing the show on my phone, so that's cool. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. It's Sean on News Talk five fifty, KTSa. This is Jack Riccardi. Stay connected to News Talk five fifty KTSa and FM one zero seven one on Facebook, Twitter, and online at KTSa.com. And it's Sean. We're back. Uh, and just so I, you know, don't sound like a complete idiot, the guy who uh, testified that uh, Anthony Blinken uh, quote played a role in the inception of this public statement about you know all these intelligence folks claiming this Hunter Biden thing was Russian disinformation. It was former CIA Deputy Director Michael Morell testified before the House Judiciary and Intelligence Committee that Anthony, Anthony Blinken, as a campaign advisor, was involved in this stuff. So it's it's crazy stuff. 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Uh, I don't know if we'll get any calls on this, but I, I'm uh, James and I were just talking about this off air. I, I'm, do we have any Democrat women? Do we have any progressive liberal women? First off, sorry about all the hairy armpit stuff. I mean it, but I'm still sorry I said it, because now I want you to call. Uh, do we have any uh, Democrat women out there that are against this whole trans thing with the with trans dudes competing against women in sports? I suspect there's more than we realize. This stuff is so bizarre, man. I was just watching Hakeem Jeffries, some video, I believe from yesterday, where he's going off on you know the hatred towards the trans community. You got this GOP bill that would ban dudes from com- dudes in dresses. From competing against women in in women's sports, which I don't know how anybody argues for this stuff. I don't get it. And the GOP, they're filled with hatred for the trans community. Blah, 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 blah. 
saw uh, Caitlyn Jenner on uh, on Sean Hannity last night. That sounded funny. You know what I mean? On his show, on his not on him personally, but on the show. <laughs> and right you know, to, it's really right weird. To dirty Town again, every time. I just it came out of my mouth that Caitlyn Jenner was on Sean Hannity, and that sounded yeah, odd. Yeah, but to we me. knew what you meant because now he's only on. Uh, you know, it's whatever her name is. Then <laughs> we just found out he's dating. Oh, he's dating. Okay. Remember that chick? Who is it? Ainsley, whatever the hell. Um, but remember when Caitlyn Jenner was king of the queens? You know what I mean? <laughs> like Caitlyn Jenner was kind of like the big first person who went trans, right? We really the, the, the trans discussion really didn't exist in America at that point. Only, you know, beyond uh, we had some issues, controversies with dudes trying to get into changing rooms and stores that were typically assigned to women. Wasn't much of the bathroom thing going on, a safe space to pee and all that happy crap. And then all of a sudden, Caitlyn Jenner gets boobs, and the trans community is everywhere, and it's a big, major debate. And suddenly people are talking about people need a safe space to pee and all that stuff, right? Obama signs an executive action saying, uh, you know, if your school doesn't allow for dudes to use the girls' bathroom, we're going to hold back your federal funding, all that stuff. Okay, got started started to get weird right then. And I personally to this day believe that Caitlyn Bruce Jenner actually isn't trans, okay? He just spent one too many days with the Kardashians. He just lived with the Kardashians way too long, and it turned him into a chick, okay? I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Point being, okay, Caitlyn Jenner is now reviled by these very same people who once held him up as being bold and a pioneer in the trans community, and they hate his stinking guts right now. They've turned on him completely like a bunch of jackals because he dares to say it's not fair and it's wrong for biological men to compete against women, biological women. And he's absolutely right. And you know what? He was on the weedy box. This guy was a Olympiad, so he sort of knows something about uh, athletics and the like. And watching these people just, you know, uh, get all buggy-eyed and frothy about the rights of men pretending to be women against women. Where'd all the feminists go, man? Where are all the people that you know were fighting for for women's equality uh, for all these many generations? That was the left. That was the progressive left in this country, and suddenly they're arguing for the rights of men over women. Don't tell me there aren't more Democrat women out there that are finding this a little tough to deal with. You know, I, hopefully they're going to vote that way. But it's absurd, man. This is freaking nuts. Can I say something, Sean? Sure. Um... It's so politicized, and I can tell that the Democrats are disingenuous it's because they don't uh, condone, I mean, they don't speak out about the international sports communities that have already said we're not going to allow this. They, right. they should condemn them as well, but they don't. They don't say anything. It's just about the GOP. Yeah, that's it. Well, it's, it, that's why I'm, I, you know, the, the trans community is minuscule in this country. But it's been weaponized specifically against the GOP. Yeah, they don't talk about this stuff around the world because normally they defer to Europe, right? Normally it's we should be more like them, you know. But, uh, uh, you know, you weaponize a community like that and you you push for things from an agenda perspective that are so stupid, bizarre, and extreme that you already know, you know going into that discussion that people who are conservative, people who are people of faith, are very obviously going to have a problem with this. You're setting people up to be pissed off is what you're doing. And you're setting them up to be pissed off so that then you can point the finger and say, look, they're filled with hate, look how judgy they are, they're horrible human beings. I just think with the trans thing, they really overplayed their hand. And they really underestimated uh, a lot of people in their capacity for accepting absolute bullcrap as truth. Because I, 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 I guarantee, and I, I say this over and over and over again, because it's, it's a true. I believe it's a it's a true damn thing. Okay, 
prior to the pronoun thing, prior to the saturation of the culture with the trans thing, and certainly prior to becoming obsessed with kids. Okay, the minors, the kids, the gender dysphoria, the pushing of the trans agenda on little kids, the whole business of, you know, mom and dad have no right to have a say in this. We're going to keep it secret. School systems complicit in this weird crap. That's when people started to turn against that community. Prior to that, I think probably most people were like me in a sense that, I'm really more libertarian than conservative in, in my personal worldview and my politics. And prior to all the stuff I just mentioned, pronouns, dragging the kids into it, literally. Okay, I, you want to live your life as a dude in a dress? You want to live as the opposite gender? Knock yourself out as long as you're a grown-ass adult. But two things. Your personal validation isn't my freaking responsibility. In other words, I don't give a crap about your pronouns. People don't have an inalienable right to their own freaking pronouns. And I don't get the kid. The, the kid thing, being obsessed with children, is sends me away from you and actually fills me with revulsion. Now, maybe we're being set up for that reason. I don't know. But i got to take a break. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. Anywhere, Anywhere, anytime. anytime. And it's just wherever you need it, you can just go online and get it. Get the Sean Ryma Show wherever you get your favorite podcasts. <laughs> I love Pink Floyd, man. New Stark 550 KTSA FM 1071. That's weird. I was actually talking to James about buying a copy of The Wall on CD. Because I don't have one right now. That's right. I still buy CDs. Uh, it's Freeform Friday. Let's go to the phones. 210-599-5555. Here's Aaron. Aaron, how you doing? Hey, doing good, Sean. I just wrote a haiku for you. <laughs> but it, it, it's like your wife is, is saying it. Are you ready? Let me hear it. It goes, oh, no, you didn't. Punk-ass widow, Mr. Chun. Is that a dog? Huh? <laughs> Dude, that's perfect. <laughs> we That actually fit right perfectly into that haiku, didn't it? And secondly, I hear that at least once a day. At least once a day I hear that. <laughs> Excellent, man. Thank, thank you so much, brother. I appreciate that. I think that should be the forward to your book. I think that should. I, I think that should James be the rewind that so I can write it down. Get it all written down. And when you put your book out, that'll be the first thing you see when you open it. I think well, I got to get the dude's permission because yeah. I got to get a, it's a copyrights involved here. Because let me tell you something, Don. Haiku publication is a high dollar business. Oh, okay, there's a yeah. lot of big money moving around in haiku circles. So I got to make sure the dude gets his uh, gets you, his uh, slice of the pie there. You think the rampant legally. the rampant thefts of catalytic converters or something? Ha! Nothing no. compared to haiku thefts. Haiku theft is, yeah. you know, because people know there's big money there. So, you know, they'll steal your haiku right out from underneath you. Actually, I had a guy tell me years ago when I first started getting, because in the early 90s, I, uh, there was kind of a, uh, a renaissance or, or a uh, retro movement of sort of the beatnik cafe thing, you know, where you, that's how I started doing live spoken word is you'd go to these little cafes and, Everybody wasn't wearing berets, but you're damn close, you know, and you just sit around and read your stuff. And contingent with that, or conversely with that, was sort of a new publication movement where a lot of people were publishing small journals, independent journals, and stuff like that, magazines. And you'd send off envelopes of stuff. I'd send off like 20 or 30 envelopes a a week to get published. And I, I was talking to an editor of a at that time was kind of a famous, a relatively well-known journal that he always picked up. And I said, well, what are the copyright stuff? Uh, you know, the rights yours or mine, you know, when you publish it. And I think he said, well, the copyright's always with you. But he also said, don't worry about somebody stealing your poetry. I'm like, well, what do you mean? He goes, 
you should be lucky if people you would be lucky if people steal your poetry okay if you if somebody wants to steal your poetry it means it's good enough to be stolen but nobody makes money at poetry and a guy so in other words there's no reason for anybody to ever i tell people this now as i was 30 years ago it's like copyright it sure but no one's going to steal your poem okay and if you if they do it means it's really good so <laughs> so the there's, guy there's not a lot of money to be made in poetry okay it's not exactly my plan b what's that the guy from penthouse forum told you that <laughs> you could actually make more money <laughs> writing filth than you'll ever make writing poetry okay yeah. if i want to make some serious money i should start start writing porn okay those people do very very well oh, i actually yeah. looked into it once you know they do there are people that that's what they. There's a whole literary market out there that people aren't even aware of. That's just freaking. Well, porn you know, and look filth. at the Fifty Shades of Grey lady. All the money she's made with that awful book. Well, you know, and it is an awful book. I tried to read it once. It's horribly written. But you know what's interesting about the uh, Fifty? What is it? Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey books? Because I think she wrote like three or four additional books. Mm-hmm. Is that those books started off just like mine? Uh, what I do is called publish on demand. Uh, I use a, a company off of Amazon right now. I used to use another one for years. And how it works is it doesn't cost me anything to publish a book. I do the layout. I do the whole template. I, I do the whole book. I design it myself. I design the cover. And what happens is I, I get an ISBN number. I publish it through this website on Amazon. And then when people go on Amazon and order a copy, they print up a copy. So you don't have a press run, right? Right. They just sort of print up a copy as you go. Well, there have been some examples of people doing that who have done very well. That woman is one of them. Her mm-hmm. original, the, the original publication, I think, I think the first one of those books was a publish-on-demand book. And she sold a crapload of copies and got the second edition, I think, picked up by a major publishing house. Um, do you remember the, the, the movie The Martian with Matt Damon? Mm-hmm. It was the same thing. The original novel became extremely popular. The first edition was a publish-on-demand version. So we're in a really interesting place publishing-wise now. It's kind of like music and that you don't need like a major publishing house, like you don't need a major record label anymore no, to, to just put it out there. You just put it out yourself. Yeah. And that's what I like about it. I don't know how interesting this is to anybody else but me, but <laughs> point being, because people ask me that stuff all the time, well, it must cost you a lot of money to self-publish your books. It's like, it doesn't cost me anything. I mean, the only thing I got to put money out is I got to buy my own copies. Uh, but I, I think that's what's kind of thrilling about being an artist right now is that you can be in complete control of your product. You don't need anybody else to do a movie, to do a record, right. to do a book. Yeah. And uh, and some people have done quite well at that. So Because a lot know, of times, once you get that advance money in your hands, that's all you're going to see. Yeah. Ask anybody in the music business. They'll put out, you, sure. know, you know, they get the advance money to do whatever they get started, you know, to get their music started. And then they don't see another dime. Because you know, the, you know, it's basically a right. loan. You know, and then you got yeah, basically you got to yeah. pay back the promotion and all this other stuff. So it's it's better just well, yeah. to do it on your own. It well, it is. I mean, because that's always a roll of the dice. You know, I mean, even at the the big publishing houses. I mean, if you're a famous person anyway, they'll give you some just mind blowing advance on a publication right. of a book yeah. that you haven't sometimes even written yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Uh, uh, I think the cream always rises to the top. You know what I'm saying? As as far as uh, the creative arts, uh, the good music is always going to find a place. Uh, the good books are always going to find readers. Right. Um, yeah, but you, you know, good you, movies are always going to find an audience. You, you know, you can talk to any well-known author, and they'll tell you there's always that handful of books they wrote just because the advance was good. Well, they, sure. They, they well, don't yeah. want to. They don't want to talk about it. You know, because they, they know it was awful. But you know the money well, was good up front, so they did it. But you, you'll see big time actors who will do oh, a yeah, movie yeah. that they couldn't give a crap about because they earn enough money to then go off and self produce a movie that they really want to do. Yeah, that happens all the time. So I'm not, you know, I'm not. In other words, Don, if somebody wanted to pay me a million dollars a year to write stinking poetry, I'd, I'd take them up on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and a like, giant sure, bunny rabbit. I'll write you some ass-kicking poetry if you pay me a lot of money to do it. You're and damn skippy, I would. Giant bunny rabbit from outer space going to land in my backyard later. <laughs> right, that's about as likely, right. right. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. Always just minutes away from the latest news around town. Stay connected with San Antonio on News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Yeah. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. It's been a fun little show. We've talked about some serious stuff, some stupid stuff. Nice. I, I like a nice combination of serious stuff and stupid stuff. You know, I kind of go for a, I try to go for like a 60-40 ratio uh, of serious versus stupid stuff. And the, the stupid stuff is in the 60 percentile. I mean, uh, you know, I want a little bit more stupid stuff than smart stuff. But it's been a fun show for a Friday thus far. And uh, we're talking about indie artists, which, you know, a lot of people are these days, no matter what your your medium is. And one of the ways that indie artists, whether they're writers, filmmakers, uh, musicians, songwriters, one of the ways that indie artists thrive, frankly, is by word of mouth and other indie artists supporting them. So I try to always support my friends, like my buddies uh, in the Chuck Weimer band. I'm always talking about them. Uh, my my poetry friends and and I I, I have a, a friend who's put out a new children's book, which I would like to mention uh, on the air. And if you're looking for something uh, for a little kid that doesn't involve drag queens, uh, check out my friend Irma Metz's book. It's called Theodore Bunny and the Moon, and just came out on Amazon. It's got a great message. It's a very simple, short book for kids. Got some beautiful il- illustrations. Uh, and uh, Theodore Bunny and the Moon. It's a very cool book for kids, and I think adults will like it too. <laughs> and I'm a, I'm actually a visual artist too, and the the artwork. And I'm trying to bring up the uh, Marta Maskowitz did the uh, the artwork for this. Looks like uh, beautiful watercolor renderings. Theodore Bunny and the Moon. Good cool book. It's on Amazon if you want to pick it up and support my friend Irma. Uh, where are we? Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. We only got a couple of minutes left here uh, to kind of wrap stuff up. Uh, covered most of the news that I wanted to hit. I some of the crime stuff, some of the shooting stuff. I didn't get into. We had a guy who has since turned himself in, and I uh, I don't I, I talked about this on Riccardi's show. This story kind of came to light yesterday during the day, and it's just horrible. And it has to do with some kids playing in the street with a basketball. And the basketball rolled into uh, a dude's, North Carolina, a dude's driveway. And he got so upset, he comes out with a gun. He's a 24-year-old dude, Robert Singletary. Comes out and just starts shooting at a 6-year-old kid. In fact, hits her in the cheek. Her father uh, tries to get between the shooter and his six-year-old daughter. He gets shot in the back. Guy took off, uh, and people say he was so enraged. 24-year-old punk was so enraged that he didn't stop shooting until he was out of bullets. Turned himself in uh, in Tampa yesterday, late yesterday. And, uh, you know, I... Again, Riccardi asked the question earlier in the week on his show, you know, what's going on here? You know, it's, it's, I, I don't know. I think we're in a very dark time in human history. <laughs> I think we're just going through one of those really tumultuous, dark moments. And I think every, people are just losing their ass, man. I, you know, I, I don't really have any deeper analysis than that. And somebody asked me yesterday, do you think it's because we've taken God out of, out of the equation in large measure? Yes, I do. I absolutely believe that. I absolutely believe that we are going through uh, a kind of soul sickness right now. As a species, uh, I, I think we have lost our way a bit. And uh, we need to make our way back to God. 
uh, and back to simple stuff like praying, praying, counting your blessings, being thankful for being freaking alive. And start looking at the world actually with actual love in your heart, not the contrived, humble, boasting love of the liberal left in this country, but genuine agape love for other human beings. And we'll make our way back. But we are in a very dicey time right now. That certainly is true. Uh, Whether you're talking about uh, uh, China, war, (laughs) geopolitics, our own economy, the border, fentanyl, you know, and now the the threat of artificial intelligence and what's that going to mean, a corrupt government. But this is to kind of wrap everything up, exactly why I try to keep about 60% stupid stuff combined with 40% serious stuff so that you all don't lose your minds. Have a great weekend. Thanks to James and Elaine Rodriguez, Don Morgan, and my good brother Trey Ware. Spread the love. Don't be a jerk. We'll see you on Monday. Bye.